Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What it do, guys? It's your boy, Devon. And I'm doing something that I've never done before, something that I've wanted to do for a long time, but I've just never gotten a chance to do it, and that is record my own podcast. Um, for a long time, I've had to, I've wanted to do a podcast, wanted to record my own podcast, but I've just never known what I wanted to talk about. I've had ideas, I've had, you know, thoughts of like, you know, maybe doing this, that, and the other, maybe doing something with some friends, but I've never truly known what kind of podcast do I truly want to do and I think after thinking about this for a long time probably a couple months actually I decided I wanted to do a podcast dedicated to the Carolina Panthers now I've seen a lot of podcasts back like you know around YouTube and whatever I've watched or listened to over 20,000 minutes of podcasts so I know it's something I, I truly enjoyed not only listening to I know this is something that I would enjoy doing because I love talking about sports and I love talking about the Panthers. Um, a lot of people might see that might be a problem because uh, they keep doing a podcast specifically on a, a team or on a sport. You have to keep updated with it. You have to be on a consistent basis. And I think I would be okay doing that. Um, like I said, I've been watching the Panthers since forever and especially this year i definitely this is the best like i'm most i've been interested i've like kept up to it a lot i follow a lot of panthers fan pages so i I keep up with a lot of the panthers news and you know what's going on around panthers nation honestly um but let's give a little bit of background on me and why i decided i wanted to do something like this um the panthers i've been watching the panthers for a long time uh i've been watching the panthers since really since i was like five years old i'm 21 now so that should give you a a good idea of how long i've been liking the panthers there's really no true background story of why i like the panthers um i guess it's kind of interesting a little bit uh i remember it was a long time ago when i used to live in atlanta um i was watching a, a falcons and panthers game and I guess that day I just decided the Pan- or the Falcons were losing because originally I was a Falcons fan because I, I was from Atlanta or I am from Atlanta. And I was uh, watching the Falcons play the Panthers and the Falcons lost or they were losing or something like that. I just switched over to the Panthers. And ever since then, I became a Panthers fan. So I don't know. Maybe that was just a little, you know, little five-year-old Devon or whatever just – you know, switching over the team. But ever since then, I've kind of been a diehard Panthers fan. I've always loved Panthers through the high points, the low points, even the middle points. So um, just give a good general idea 
of this podcast, I want to talk about a little bit over a little bit of everything. I want to talk about um, uh, where the, the let's talk about the overall plan. Um, I know I'm kind of starting it late. The season's over with. They're in the playoffs now or we're, the, the playoffs are starting this week. And um, so there's really not a lot of Panther stuff to talk about. Well, there is a decent amount, but not like a lot. So my, my plan is when the season starts back and maybe maybe even a little bit a few weeks before um, I'll talk about some Panther stuff. But during the season, I want to do like a a week in the review or whatever, just talking about my thoughts on the game, uh, talking about what happened during the week, during the game, whatever. Um, talking about this off season, I'm not going to probably talk a lot. I'll have a few podcasts. I kind of started late. I might do like two or, or three or four, maybe. I know in the off season, it's not really a lot to talk about. And if there is, I might do an update, but I don't expect a podcast from me every week talking about the Panthers because not only will that be draining, um, it's just not, it's going to be a lot of the same thing. I just want to kind of get it off the ground, on just on and going, just to have something. And, you know, maybe I'll have some guests on here. I don't really know a lot of Panthers fans, like personally, that are uh, like friends of mine. But maybe, you know, fans of other teams or some of my friends, they might hop on a podcast or whatever. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But for right now, this episode is going to be solely just me, just Devon, talking about Panther stuff. And we're going to off the jump. We're going to talk about the the year, the year as a whole, and what I think about the year. Um, what are my thoughts for next season, I guess? Uh, we're not going to talk about the draft as much as I would love to talk about the draft and my thoughts on what we should do. Um, that's going to be the next episode. I might even have a little video cause this is just going to be an audio only just to start, but, uh, I'm going to talk about the draft in the next episode, next podcast. Don't worry about that. We're going to talk about the draft later. I want to dedicate a full podcast. I'm low key thinking about doing a mock draft and while I'm doing the mock draft, talk about my thoughts and, you know, hopefully Carolina goes with, you know, similar to what I have going. Um, so I'll probably do like a little seven round mock draft. We'll see. Um, I haven't really thought of it yet, but this year in review, um, I'll talk about how I was feeling going into the season, going into the season. I didn't really have a lot of expectations. Um, I loved our draft. I loved everybody that we drafted this year um, from Derek Brown to, STO, I think it's Stanley Thomas Oliver or something like that. I call him STO for short. But from all those picks, I love all of them. So Derek Brown showed to be a great pick. Gross Matos showed to be a great pick. Jeremy Chin, excellent pick. I think that was a diamond in the rough there. Um, And we still don't know what we're going to get out of Kenny Robinson, Troy Pride. Troy Pride, he played decent. Um, He was probably one of the, the more lesser players of the draft um, who didn't really pan out too, too well, but he's only a rookie and he's playing against some tough receivers in the NFC South. So I can't really fault him too much, but I got to see a little bit more out of him. Um, So hopefully next season, um, unless he gets released, who knows, but hopefully next season we get, you know, more production, a better, better performance out of, out of Troy pride. Um, but starting off in the off season, I loved everything about it. I love the, the draft. I love it. And even before that, I love the, the Matt rule pickup. A lot of people hated the Matt rule pickup, but 
I think going younger, getting these younger college coaches or getting these younger coaches is going to be the new wave for the NFL. And a lot of these old heads don't like that. But that's just how it's going to be. Um, you think Matt LaFleur or whatever you say his name, you see what he's doing. Cliff Kingsbury, he had a first rough year. He gets D-hop, and the Cardinals almost make the playoffs. So, And then you have uh, Sean McVay, another young coach. You see what he's doing with Jared Goff. That is the wave that's going to be the coaching wave. Young, getting younger coaches with these, you know, high-powered offenses. I love the Matt Rule pickup. I see what he did at Temple and Baylor. There's no reason why he can't translate that to the NFL. I know they're two different games, but his work ethic and the culture that he brings around him—it doesn't matter if you're talking about Pee Wee High School, college, or NFL. That's always going to stick with him. So the the fact that he was getting, he was getting all this hate on him because he's a college coach. And he didn't do that much. It's just ridiculous to me. So I just love, I love everything about Matt Rule. I love the Joe Brady pickup. When I saw that, I was dancing. I was doing my little dancey dance or whatever. But I was, I was excited. I was excited because it's like a new page is getting turned in Carolina. You know, um, having, you know, what happened with Cam and everything, I guess we could talk about too, you know, with releasing all those guys with Cam and, you know, Luke retiring, that was rough. Um, Luke retiring, you know, getting rid of John Stewart, or I mean, that might have been a few years before, but, you know, John Stewart being gone and all those D linemen that we got rid of. You got Star, um, Mario, um, just all these, these weapons, Trey Turner getting our best old linemen, um, leaving you know it was kind of it was kind of rough um and obviously our franchise guy and cam you know i i think about all the all the memories all the good memories that we had with him for him to just be gone is just it's just crazy you know and i wish it would have ended on better terms um hopefully one day his jersey does get retired because at the end of the day he's still one of my favorite players to watch i know he had a rough year this year but cam's gonna bounce back cam's gonna do cam things uh and I hope the best for him. And I, like I said, I wish we would have ended things better with him. But other than that, we still had a great offseason. We got Matt Roll, Joe Brady, saw what he did at LSU. Um, I'm an Alabama fan, so I saw it firsthand what he did to LSU um, or what he, what he did to Alabama and that, that tear, that offense. I just was thinking about all of our weapons, like, you know, us signing Robbie Anderson, which I was elated. We finally got a, a good, a good, a free agent pickup. Not one of these old guys, too. Back when the Ron Rivera era, we used to sign eighty-year-olds. You know, and no offense to Julius Peppers and Captain Mudderland and all them, but these are old guys that were out of their prime and they were just coming back there for one-year deals or whatever. It was gonna help out a little bit. Same thing with Jared Allen in our Super Bowl year. I mean, he helped out tremendously. Him and Charles Tillman, they helped out tremendously. But I'm sick and tired of getting these these 40-year-old veterans that's going to stay here for a season and then retire. Like, it was ridiculous. Uh, I remember a few years ago, we saw, uh, we had a chance to get uh, Mike Wallace. and Or Mike Wallace was a free agent. And I was like, yo, we need some receivers. Like, Mike Wallace would be an amazing pickup. We need to get Mike Wallace. And we just never... We decided that the Dolphins got him. I mean, I don't even think we sent like a contract to him or, or whatever. But I know he was like, that was a projected place that he might go. And Mike Wallace ended up signing with the Dolphins. I'm like, yo, when are we going to start signing these big time free agents? And I'm not saying Robbie Anderson is a big time free agent, but 
you know, somebody, I mean, somebody would be nice. And we finally got that in Robbie Anderson. And you see how that paid off. Obviously, we'll talk about the season a little bit more when I go into it. But you see, you see what Robbie Anderson did. So I was excited about that. We got Matt Rule and his coaching staff. We get Phil Snow. And honestly, our offseason was amazing uh, for what it was worth. Obviously, we had COVID and all that going on. So it wasn't a lot we could have done. But sorry, but for what it's worth, we did we did pretty good this offseason. So honestly, I enjoyed that. And um, so honestly, I would, I would say the offseason was a W. It really was, in my opinion, um, for for what all we lost and then what all we got in return. And looking at it now, hindsight being twenty twenty, you can't say the off season wasn't a W. Um, so hopefully Joe will stay. We'll talk about that a little bit after I talk about the season. But uh, but honestly, that's that's just I was just enjoying. I was I was happy to be a Panthers fan going into this year. Um, but like I said, at the end of the day, I was a realistic Panthers fan and I knew that I I knew that our, our season weren't going to be, wasn't going to be great. I mean, I knew I saw the schedule. I knew I saw the teams that we were going to play. I knew how tough our division was going to be. Um, I I honestly, I expected us, excuse me. I expected us to only win about three or four games. Like I wasn't expecting anything crazy. Excuse me. And I knew a lot of players, or a lot of people I talked to, they was like, there's no way y'all, y'all even, you know, you got all these people, these young players, you guys are at least going to win seven, eight games. I was like, bro, we, we got to think about it. We have a whole new team. Um, it's kind of like the LSU situation this year. It wasn't as bad. Actually, it might've been around the same, but you know, they losing, losing like 30 plus people, you know, players and, and staff. It's tough. It's tough to, to just have a whole new a whole new staff, a whole a whole new set of players, and they just automatically just click like that. Especially in the NFL, it's hard. You know, these teams are some of the best players in the world. So, you know, even though there's bad teams, there's going to be bad teams in any sport. But at the end of the day, these are the best football players in the world. They're playing in the NFL. So it's going to be hard to just automatically just be good. That That's going to take time. And I, I knew that coming into it. Um, but you know, it's cool. We, we did. Okay. We was competitive, uh, before I get into the season, I didn't get to talk about, I forgot to talk about Teddy. Um, the signing of Teddy, the signing of Teddy. Um, this is my first initial thoughts. Obviously I'll get into them during going over the season. Um, but my first initial thoughts, I I didn't really like the pickup. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I've never been a crazy Teddy fan. Uh, and this year kind of even proved it even more, <laughs> but I've never been in a, a crazy, a crazy Teddy fan. Um, I just knew him as like a game manager, like a guy that's going to, you know, like what he did in New Orleans is honestly, I think it's the best fit for him to come in. You know, if you need him to win a few games, I guess, but the guy that's going to be a franchise player on a team, I just never, just never really could see him as that. And this year kind of proved that for me. Um, I would, I did like is the PJ Walker, uh, PJ Walker, uh, transaction at one point, I actually thought he was going to take Teddy's job. Um, I think low key, if he had a better opportunity, I mean, I, we saw what he did in that Detroit game. He played out of his mind. He made two, you know, mistakes, but for him to have his first NFL start and to come out there and perform the way he did, I think we shut him out. So the fact that we did that 
and this is his first NFL start is crazy to me. Um, I think we should have probably gave him a little bit more opportunities, especially when Teddy Bridgewater was just doing stuff to, you know, I'm not going to get into that. I'll talk about that during this going into the season. I think for the, uh, going into the season, I'm going to talk about on a, maybe on a game by game basis or whatever. I'm going to look at the schedule, see if anything points out at me, but overall, like Teddy Bridgewater, uh, transaction was cool. I never thought he was going to be our franchise guy. Some people say, yo, Teddy Bridgewater might have fouled his home. But I was like, I just don't think it's it. And this year definitely proved that. Um, but going into the season, like I said, low expectations, no preseason. It was it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be hard. I knew it was going to be a tough season for us. But for what it's worth, we didn't do that terrible. I'm going to go ahead and look up uh, our schedule here. And just kind of go on a on a game uh, game by game basis here, and just talk about maybe give some key points on every game, uh, and just see, just give my thoughts in uh, in general about what I thought about the season. Starting off with game one, I think game one kind of showed us our potential. Honestly, I think we should I should have won that game. Um, this is probably one of the few errors that Matt Rule made as a head coach, in my opinion. Uh, I know Christian backed him up and saying that, uh, saying that, Hey, you know, I'm supporting whoever the ball gets, but Christian that was the, is the best player. I still think he is the best player on our team. We need to have the ball on the best player and our, the best player on our team's hands when the game is on the line. Um, you know, when it comes to basketball, I mean, nine times to the 10, you want LeBron or, or, or Michael to have the ball. Touching the ball at least when it when it's the final play of the game. Now he might be passing it, or they might be scoring it. But at the end of the day, you want your best player on your team touching the ball when it comes to the final possession of the game. And Christian McCaffrey gave us the best chance to win that game. So I think Christian McCaffrey should have definitely been touching the ball at the end of that game. But even before that, we we got to talk about Tahir. Tahir is honestly the worst linebacker I've ever seen in my life. The fact that we go from a future first ballot Hall of Famer and Luke Keekley, which, you know, people can give me hate or whatever. That's just my opinion. And if you look at it, you see what he did. I mean, you talk about it all the time. People even now are talking about, oh, I'm so glad I don't have to play him. You can't be a future. You can't be a, a player. And these other people are telling you, oh, I, I like you can't be scared of a player and not be great. Like people are like, I wouldn't say scared, but like. You had the game plan around Luke Keekley. If you have the game plan around that player, you're obviously doing doing good at what your what your job is. And Luke Keekley was one of the best to ever do it. Um, you can debate me on if he's the greatest or not. In my opinion, I think he is. But you can debate me on that. And that, that just might be personal bias. It is what it is. But at the end of the day, Luke Keekley was one of the one of the best linebackers to play this game. It's as simple as that. Um, but. Tahir Whitehead, to going from that to Tahir Whitehead is honestly atrocious. I mean, it is literally terrible that <laughs> how bad this man is. He, I mean, off the jump, this man gives up two crucial pass interference penalties when he doesn't even need to do. He's playing great coverage. I remember, I mean, it was the first week of the season, but I remember uh, this dude was playing great, great coverage on Hunter and Riffro, and just and just pass interference him for no reason whatsoever. 
I mean, there's no need to foul him there. You're in great coverage, and you're giving up a first down after we just made great possessions. I mean, great defensive possessions. That's just ridiculous. I knew then and there he was just not the guy. Um, it's kind of one of those things. At first, it kind of upset me in the draft. I have to go back and look. But I was kind of upset. Even though I still think the draft was our previous draft was a great draft, I still think, you know, we could have maybe got some kind of linebacker there. Um I know we wanted to get some some beefy guys to stop the run because our run defense the year before this year was garbage. I think it was the worst in the NFL or second to last or something like that. It was terrible. Made improvements this year, um, especially towards the back end of the season. Like, I remember we played the Saints, not the last game, but the thing, the, the game before that, or the first time we played them. Alvin Kamara didn't, I can't remember him having a crazy game. Um, and even with the, when we played the Bucks the second time, Ronald Jones only was, he wasn't really doing that great until that crazy 90 yard run. You take that out. We really were shutting him down for a good majority of the game. So our run D really started stepping up towards the end of the season, but I'll get into that. Overall, our offense was amazing. I think this is our, this is our first chance to really look on like how good, uh, the one on the schedule I'm looking at doesn't really give me the box score. I'm looking at the ESPN. Look at the ESPN schedule and see what uh what the box score was. Uh, let's see. I wish they would give me the box score of these games instead of uh instead of just telling me the score. Let me see. Maybe this is it. Okay, cool. So. Robbie Anderson, six uh, six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown. Had eight targets. Um, I mean, off that off the jump, you knew Robbie Anderson was going to be a crucial part of our offense, and I was I was excited excited to see that. And I'm not going to lie to you, this game kind of was starting me. I was starting to give you know a different opinion about Teddy Bridgewater. I was like, okay, maybe Teddy was doing. Maybe Teddy was okay. I mean, he wasn't great in this game. He had a QBR of 69, which is almost, I mean, it's almost 70. So it's almost decent on a scale from 0 to 100. Got to use my Skip Bayless there. 69 isn't crazy. I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's it's a D if you're going off of a 10, you know, 10-point grading scale. Almost, I guess you could round it up to a C, but that's just making it. That's just being average. So he had an average game. Um, but Christian was doing Christian things, 20, 23 carries, 97 yards, two touchdowns. Um, like I said, he should have had that ball towards the end of the game. It is what it is. But overall, like we didn't, we didn't play bad and I could see our defense was doing the best they could. Henry Ruggs, I forgot, was just having a day. He only had three rece- receptions for 55 yards. Um, I think he would have had a better game if he didn't get hurt. Uh, so there's that. So it was kind of worrying me with that, that this man was just, he was just catching everything. Like in the passes that he was getting, I mean, he was averaging 18 yards a catch. So, and I think a good majority of those 55 yards came in the first half. I think he injured his hamstring. And then I don't remember if he came back after that, but you know, he was doing, he was, he was lighting up our defense. So that wasn't good, but and then Josh Jacobs, 25 yards, or 25 carries, 93 yards. I mean, it wasn't crazy. He had three touchdowns, but, I mean, it wasn't – he didn't have a crazy game uh, compared to, like, our run defense last year where it was just non-existent. 
Um, and that was with Luke Keekly, which just baffles me. But going on to to the Tampa Bay game, um, we just got we just I don't know what we just didn't show up. Honestly, we didn't show up. They didn't show up at all that game. I think we were just chilling on the bus. I don't know if we were scared of Tom. Tom was just coming off that that you know horrible loss to New Orleans. People were doubting him. I mean, it was just embarrassing. Let up all that anger on us. I think that's the second time that's happened. We've caught Tampa on a bad week both times. Because I think when we played Tampa towards the end of the season... I mean, towards the end of the season, I was kind of wanting us to lose anyway. Actually, I don't know if I was wanting us to lose. Because we came off of that. I'll get into, like, more details, especially in the Kansas City game. But, I mean, we were coming off a decent game against Kansas City. And I think we was getting our, our, our we was boosting, you know, our confidence or whatever. And, you know, we just had a bad, that was just a bad game. Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, let's look at his stats. Uh. Yeah, that was just terrible. Teddy Bridgewater played horrendous. 367 yards, two picks. Um, QBR of 36. I mean, Tom didn't play that much better any either. QBR of 44. I mean, that was just bad. But Leonard Fournette was having a field day. 12 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey, 59 yards, two tubs. I mean, you know, it is what it is. DJ Moore and Robert Anderson. I mean, I love this duo. And if for some way we could keep Curtis, that would be great. Because Curtis Samuel started coming to his own towards the end of the season. But we're talking about that too. Um But this game was just overall was just bad. It was just bad all around. Um but we did we did okay. we didn't even do okay. That was just a bad game. That was just a throwaway. So we get into to the loss the Los Angeles game. I'm surprised we won this, honestly. Then they started coming back towards the end because we were blowing them out towards the beginning of the game. If I can go back to the team stats, um, let me see if I can find it. Give like a recap. No, I don't want that. Uh, let's go to box score. All I remember is that I feel like, okay, wait, it'll tell me. So yeah, going into the third quarter. We're going into halftime. We're up by 18 points. It's 18-7 going into half. And at the end of the game, we only got three points. So we got to finish, honestly. And that's really been a big a big problem. Really, like, I really started getting into Carolina football and football in general around 2011. and started really understanding it. And, ever like, watching every Panthers game, I've really noticed that that um what's it called i've noticed that we we take forever to finish like we don't finish games we'll have these big leads and it kind of scares me like um if i go to the to the jacksonville game not this obviously we didn't play this year but last year we were destroying them i forgot what the score was but at the end of the game it ended up being like they just need a touchdown to win like that's our problem we 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 don't know how to finish we need to start you know, blowing these teams out. Like, if we're up 18-7, we scored 18 points and a half. We should get at least at 14. It shouldn't. We shouldn't only get three points in, in in 30 minutes. That's that's a problem, and that's always been a problem, especially around Ron Rivera, the Ron Rivera era. And hopefully, 
you know, with Matt Rule, and then we keep Joe Brady, hopefully we keep Joe Brady, and we get a better quarterback, um, we have a chance to, to really, you know, you know, keep our foot on these teams' throat. Like, if we have a chance to, to kick them down, we need to. We're giving them a chance to, you know, get back up and do what they got to do. Like, we got to stop, got to stop doing that. Um, we go up 18-7. There's no reason for a team to even think about coming back. That's 11-point lead. There should be no point of it being a touchdown score game to win the game. But overall, we got a dub. Uh, Justin Herbert was playing lights out towards the second half, kind of. Um, he had a QBR of 38.7. That's that's not lights out. But this is kind of where you got to see a good glimpse of uh, Mike Davis. DJ Moore did solid. Uh had a solid game. Mike Davis had eight catches. He was targeted nine times. That's ridiculous. Robbie Anderson had a solid game. Um, but overall, like, we didn't do terrible, but we just got to start finishing games, man. We have to start finishing games. It's always been a problem for us. And I wish, and hopefully in the next coming of years, we could start doing that. We could start finishing these games out. You know, when we have these big leads, we need to start doing that. We need to start finishing these games. Going on to the Cardinals, kind of our best our best W of the year, honestly. Um, we we played lights out. This was our best game of the year, in my opinion. Thirty one points, uh, scored thirty one twenty one. Did did a great. That was a great game, honestly. Um, looking at the bot score, Teddy Bridgewater having the best game so far. QBR of nine two point nine. Um, just great game overall. Two seventy six passing yards, two touchdowns, interception. That's fine. It's gonna happen. Um, but you know, we, the score was 21, seven, 20, 21, seven going to halftime. We scored another 10 points. It was 31, 31, 21. Um, overall, we just played, we just played a great game. Um, Mike Davis, again, showing him that he, he could be that he's that second guy, 16 carries, 84 yards, a touchdown, Robbie Anderson, great game, eight, uh, eight receptions, 99 yards, 11 targets, uh, Curtis Samuel had a great game too. DJ Moore, you know, solid game. Four four catches for uh forty four yards. So overall we was just, you know, had a it was a great, great overall team win. And honestly surprising, especially seeing what Seattle did towards the end of the season. Um, just barely missing the playoffs. You know, it's actually it was actually a great win for us. So uh moving on to the next game, the Atlanta game. Uh, I was actually I was actually nervous about this game go, going into it because this is we haven't beat Atlanta at home since 2014 going into this game six years that's even including the year that we went 15 and one our one loss was against Atlanta at home for some reason we just couldn't beat them at home we've been Atlanta before but just not at home um, and maybe that I think COVID might have a, a little bit to do with it not having that Atlanta crowd. Um, is that's a that's a factor because that stadium can definitely get loud. Same thing in New Orleans. Um, that stadium's ridiculous, especially at home. They're fans. Um, but Teddy Bridgewater also, I think he played a decent game, if I can remember. Yeah, QBR at eighty nine, three hundred thirteen yards, two touchdown reception or two touchdown passes. He overall just had a had a great game. Um, doing what he needed to do. Mike Davis, uh, sixteen carries, eighty nine yards. No touchdowns, unfortunately, but I was very happy about this about this win. But I'm looking at it now. Todd Gurley, 100 and, 121 yards and one touchdown. 
we we needed. I was still worried about our defense, though. Um, going into this game, I can't remember. Though. I forgot to look at the other defensive games, but Todd Gurley going for 121. I know it's Todd Gurley, but I don't know if it's the same Todd Gurley we're talking about. I just came out of college and just was a debate for winning the MVP just a few years ago, which is crazy to think about. But, you know, this man goes for 121, and I don't know about the game before. Let's look at the game before uh, that Panthers won. Played the Packers. Only had, he had the same amount of carries, I'm pretty sure. Or he had a less, he had more carries and only 57 yards against the Packers team. He had two touchdowns, but, you know, that's, it was just something I was still worried about at the back of my mind. You know, I was, I was happy we got a dub, but at the same time, it had been, you know, nice for our defense, you know, to step up. It was, it was crazy because at one point in time, our offense wasn't crazy. Um, we've never had crazy weapons, so that's why. I mean, we was, Cam was throwing the literally trash cans at one point. Um, but, you know, our offense was never great, but our defense was so stout. And a lot of that had to do with Sean McDermott. And I've noticed a change really in our defense when Sean left. Sean, and you see what he's doing at Buffalo. Buffalo's defense is insane. It's crazy. Um, and they have a lot of our old players, Josh Norman, Mario, stars there. You know, um, I think he had Mike Tolbert at one point, too. So, but Sean McDermott had our defense on point. And, you know, our rush defense, you couldn't run on us. You could probably pass on us because we've always had suspect corners. Our cornerback situations have never been great. I mean, we've had good corners like Chris Gamble. Um, you had Josh Norman. And now I think Dante Jackson is coming into that that cornerback. He played solid. Look at Pro Football Focus. I think he's one of the top corners to throw against. Or like he was just couldn't throw against him. Um, at a QBR or had uh, completions percentage is terrible whenever you throw it against him. I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but I remember I saw it uh, a few days ago. But uh, yeah, like our our corners have never been solid. Our DBs have never been solid. But our front seven was was great. And I think it had a lot to do with Shaq. Excuse me. We had a lot to do with Sean and Luke and Shaq Thompson, too. Um, and that's another thing. I think Shaq Thompson is, is low-key missing that Luke. Because Shaq Thompson, don't get me wrong, I think he's a good player. But having Luke and TD definitely helps. And I'm not. that's not his fault that he plays better with them. I mean, those are two great linebackers. I think Thomas Davis is another one, especially if you know his story. I don't know about first ballot, but I think he definitely deserves the Hall of Fame after tearing his ACL three times in the same knee and, you know, performing the way he did, um, especially his last few years in Carolina is just ridiculous. Um, But having those two guys, having Luke and having having TD, then having people like Starr and having people like Kawan and Charles Johnson and uh, Jared Allen at one point and – Mario Addison, like all those guys that were just great, you know, great big physical D linemen and linebackers, you know, we you couldn't run on us. It was it was a while like before a team got a hundred yards on us. And we used to play great running backs. I mean, you're talking about Devontae Freeman in his prime. Um, Michael Turner, he was solid. I don't know if he was there around that time, but Devontae Freeman, you had uh oh, I can't remember they got Adrian Peterson's of the world, Alvin Kamara, um, marking or whatever. Like we had or Marshawn Lynch. We had there was great running backs that we went up against and you just weren't getting a hundred yards. That's just 
wasn't a thing that was going to happen. Like, I knew when I was going to watch a Carolina Panther game, you weren't going to run on us, and you're probably going to have to throw. You're going to have to throw, and you're going to win. You're going to beat us that way. Like, if you're going to win. That's honestly, that's just what I expected going to a game. But now I feel like anybody, you could throw, you could throw me back there, and I feel like I'm going to get 100 yards. So that's how I was feeling going into this game. Todd Gurley doing his thing. I think that might have been his best game of the year. I'm not going to go back and check all the stats or whatever. Uh, going into Chicago. Chicago, I was feeling real confident. You know, beating Arizona, finally getting that win in Atlanta. I'm like, there's no way. Even though they have Nick Foles back there, there's no way I'm going to lose to Chicago. And this game right here, I started like not getting back to why I didn't like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, this was kind of the start. I wouldn't say why I didn't, but it was kind of the start of the, like, Teddy Bridgewater is not our guy. Like, this was the first game that kind of showed that for me. So, um, if you didn't know, we lost, obviously. Um, Nick Foles didn't have a great game himself. Um, going into this, just think about this. This is also another thing I was talking about. Before, going into the fourth quarter, now, we're up 7-14, we're up 20, or not 20, we're up 14, oh, Chicago, I'm sorry, sorry, I was looking at the wrong team, um, no, Chicago was just doing their thing on us, uh, Nick Foles, we'll just talk about Nick Foles' performance real quick, um, 198 yards, touchdown, 64 QBR, Teddy Bridgewater, we're not even gonna talk about him, just know he had a less than 25 QBR, um, but we're gonna skip to the end of the game here, obviously no Christian, um, does that help? Maybe. Uh, but we're going to talk about this. Teddy Bridgewater. His late game situation is atrocious. It's literally terrible. Garbage. Horrendous. Blasphemy. Whatever word you want to use there, that's how I feel about his late game situation. His late game situation is so bad. And it's ridiculous, like, how bad it is. Um, I mean, just talking about this game, going back, like, you have a chance to win the game here. Uh, let's go to the play-by-play. Let's go to the play-by-play. And we're going to look at in a quarter two. Okay. So, Chicago punts the ball. There's... Do we punt the ball? Okay, the Chicago punts the ball. And I think, yeah, we have a minute. Yeah, we have a minute and 40 seconds left. (laughs) It's honestly comical to think about right now. But, like, back when when I saw this, I was just in shock. The first play... Of getting the ball. The first possession, this man throws into double coverage and gets it picked off. Double, think about this, guys. Double coverage and gets picked off. Why he just does that is terrible. I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't know what it is with Teddy Bridgewater. And this is gonna be a theme for the rest of the year, by the way. This is not just one a one game thing. This is a theme for the rest of the year. Teddy Bridgewater has no type of ice. I'm going to say it right now. He does not have any type of ice. He does not know how to win when it comes to the clutch. We've had multiple games this year when we could win 
towards the, you know, we have a minute and a little over a minute left. You know, a plenty of time for an NFL quarterback to go down the field and get a touchdown or a field goal. <laughs> but Teddy Bridgewater decides to do the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life. And just those stupid passes. Like, what are you, what are you doing, Teddy? And I just don't understand what he's looking at. Who's he? Th- I mean, I knew he's throwing a DJ Moore here, but it's, it's he's like he doesn't want to give us a chance to win. He's like, you're gonna get rid of me anyway, so let me help y'all get a lower. Maybe that's what he was doing. He was trying to help us get a low draft pick so we can get rid of him because that's the only reasonable explanation I can think of for the the stuff that Teddy Bridgewater used to do to lose his games or did to lose his games, like. It's honestly ridiculous looking at it. Um, so I don't know what Teddy was doing or what he decided, like what he saw there, <laughs> but it was it's terrible. And he does that with multiple games. Moving on to New Orleans. Um, I don't know if the same thing was with New Orleans. Let's look at the bot score first. Um, barely lost to New Orleans. I think we should have beat them last year. We should have beat him last year, honestly, if Joey Slide just decides to do his job and make some field goals, um, make some extra points or whatever, like, you do what you get paid to do. We literally beat New Orleans. Um, Drew Brees, uh, solid game, 287 yards, two touchdowns, 86 QBR. But Teddy Bridgewater did his thing, too. You know, for him, the first game back in New Orleans, 254, two touchdowns, 89 QBR. He was doing solid. Mike Davis didn't have the best of games, but it wasn't a, I mean, he only had seven carries. We weren't throwing the, running the ball that much. DJ Moore had a great game, four receptions, 90, uh, 93 yards, two tubs. Robbie Anderson, six catches, 74 yards. Curtis Samuel, he had six catches for 48 yards. So he was, they were, all receivers were doing, were doing excellent. Um, I don't remember. So, so we missed a field goal. Oh, we tried, let me see, sacked, 49 yards, short left. Okay, so, uh, once again, Teddy Bridgewater costing us, costing us a game. Um, I'm looking at it here, Teddy Bridgewater, incomplete pass, short right. Uh, he missed another pass, and that's when we, we sent Joey Sly out there for a 65-yard field goal. Instead of instead of going for I didn't I didn't understand this too. This is also another thing I talked about. Like looking at this now, this is another thing where I just didn't understand Matt Rule. Like why send Joey Sly out there for a sixty-five yard field goal? Um, like you got to give us a chance to win. Um, you really do. Teddy Bridgewater taking the sack for a negative eight yards. <laughs> that's not going to help us. But I mean. You got to give us a chance. Even if you don't think he has the arm. I think that was a situation that Terry Bridgewater didn't have the arm. But we have Will Greer, who used to play. I mean, that's all he used to do. He, I think they their offense is an air raid offense. So just send Will Greer out there for one play. Get him to warm up on the sideline. Send him out there for one play. Just have him throw a Hail Mary. Or even P.J. Walker, somebody. Like, if you don't think he has the arm, I'm pretty sure there's somebody back there that does, that has the arm to, to get it down there. So... Give us a chance to win, Matt. That's all I'm saying. I don't understand. They did this twice this year. They they sent them out for these ridiculous field goals. I think it was one one that was like 67. Like, you're not giving us a chance to win. <laughs> like, 
like I said, I don't know if this was because we were trying to get a low draft pick, but I, it couldn't have been because Matt Rule said, like, when we won the Washington game that he wants to win games. Like, you play out there to win. If you're playing to win these games, give us a chance. You don't give us a chance kicking a 65-yard field goal. I don't care how big his leg is. I don't care what our punter says, what he sees in practice, 70-yard field goals, whatever. I don't care. That's the difference between between practice and in the game. Um, so we play the Falcons again. We lose that game. Teddy Bridgewater has another bad game, as we should expect. Uh, I think he's hurt for a few plays. We sent PJ in. He gets, you know, he doesn't really do that much. Matt Ryan didn't have a, I mean, he did all right. 88 QBR. So he did a solid game, I guess. Um, I don't remember too much about this game. Uh, I think this is when we did that fake, that fake punt or whatever. Didn't really account for anything. Um, I don't remember too, honestly, too much. Obviously, we had a chance to win. That's another thing. Oh, okay. So Teddy Bridgewater threw another. Oh, I do remember this play. <laughs> I do remember this play. Or I remember, <laughs> I remember this possession actually. So again, let's go. Let's go. Um, <laughs> let's go back to Teddy Bridgewater has no type of ice whatsoever. And I don't know what it is when he's trying to force feed DJ Moore. I don't know if DJ Moore is telling him something, but I remember this. This man, so we get the ball. We get the ball. Um, let's see what time we get the ball back. Uh, they punt the ball. We get the ball around. We get the ball with, with three minutes left. We get the ball uh, with three minutes left. So a good amount of time, actually. We get a good amount of time to to make it happen. We're only down by eight points to win the game. So we get it. You know, a good amount of time. We drive all the way down the field, right? Drive all the way down the field. This man, Teddy Bridgewater, decides to throw the ball in the triple coverage and gets it picked off at the end of the game. I don't get what his, why he decides to force feed the ball to DJ Moore in these late game situations. I just don't understand that. What are you doing, Teddy? And this is why I just, I can't, I cannot have Teddy Bridgewater as our guy. Um, clearly he's not our guy because we only signed him to a three-year deal and it wasn't that expensive now that I remember. So he's obviously not our franchise guy. And hopefully in the draft, excuse me, we get an opportunity to to draft the franchise guy. But Teddy Bridgewater is not it. You just have two examples where he just, he makes bad plays. I can understand he could see like, okay, I could see what you were trying to do, Teddy. It was just DB made a great play. Or, like, he's not giving his receiver chances to make plays. That's the problem. He's not giving our playmakers a chance to playmake. That's the issue. That's the issue with Teddy Bridgewater. He throws the ball in the, it was like trip, double or triple coverage. It, and it was like, it had no chance of being, had no chance of, of being, like, able to be called. And that's the problem. You're not giving a chance for our playmakers to, to do what they have to do. So... That's just another issue I have with with Teddy Bridgewater. He just can't. He just he just doesn't have that in him, and we need a guy that does. Not only does he not make you know he doesn't make crazy plays, um, you know he uses his feet sometimes, but he's not he's not crazy he's not crazy mobile. He doesn't have a big arm. He's just an average QB, 
And honestly, this year, he, he played below average. He was a below average QB. You knew when you get Teddy Bridgewater, he was going to be an average QB? No, he was a below average QB. He was not. He was just not it. So this game, I forgot about this game. But yeah, that game too. And then we get to Kansas City, boy. We get to Kansas City. This game right here lost it for, for me for Teddy Bridgewater. It, at this point, I was over it. I was over anything Teddy Bridgewater. I was. I was, I was done. So done. So overall, before this, Teddy Bridgewater is playing one hell of a game. He's playing out of his mind, right? Playing out of his mind. Keeping up with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, right? The Kansas City Chiefs, you got Tariq Hill, Patrick Mahomes, um, Travis Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins, um, Nicole Hartman. Like, you have these great offensive weapons. And we're keeping up with them. It's another reason why I think our team, when it comes to receivers, it's a top, it's an underrated top five. Like we have an underrated top five receiver group. But Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Curtis Samuel. Again, you can argue me all day with that, but that's just what I believe in. And if you look at what we did this year, we're having four people and Teddy Bridgewater being our quarterback, four people with over a thousand scrimmage yards. You, there's nothing else we need to talk about. Like there's nothing else we need to debate. This is a clear cut top receiving receiving team but that's not what we're talking about right now uh we get christian mccaffrey back which helped so much we get christian mccaffrey um and that helps he goes for 18 carries 69 yards and touchdown just coming back and doing christian mccaffrey things i think he got hurt again actually after this game or whatever towards the end of it but so <laughs> we have it i'm gonna skip to the end of the game i'm not gonna give you a whole like you know detail what thing whatever but we get to the end of the game, and I want the exact, I want the exact minutes we have left because I, I need to see exactly uh, what we have. We had a chance to kick a sixty-nine yard or whatever. So, okay, so they punt the ball. We miss, we miss the field goal. Okay, so Teddy Bridgewater. Has a chance to. Okay, okay, okay. I remember now. So Teddy Bridgewater, we have a minute. Let me see how much time do we have. We have a minute and thirty-three seconds left to win the game, right? This man, Teddy Bridgewater, proceeds to throw three dump-off passes to Mike Davis <laughs> when we have no timeouts. It was either three or two. I think it was three or two. He throws three dump ball or two dump ball passes to Mike Davis with no timeouts. Like, what are you doing right now? And I'm in, I'm just watching the game. I'm like, yo, Teddy, what the heck? Are, what is going through your mind right now? Why are you making these dump off passes when we don't have any timeouts? We got rid of our timeouts early. So go towards the sideline. If it's not there, make it an incompletion. Why are you dumping the ball down? Like, what are you what are you doing? Um So eventually <laughs> eventually we we get the ball down the field. And so I'm like, okay. Uh we get the ball down the field. Kansas City calls a timeout. And then we tried to get the ball a little bit closer for Joey Sly because we just need a field goal to win. 
Uh, we get the ball to Joey, or we try to get the ball closer. We throw a, it was like a little out route to uh, DJ Moore to get more yards. We we missed the shot. I understand what we were doing there. Um, so instead of again trying to win the game, it's a 67 yard field goal from here. So any logical person would be like, just go for the hell mary. I'd rather you go for the hell mary. We don't get the hell mary. It is what it is. But if we get the hell mary, we just beat one of the best teams in the league. So instead of having that logic, Matt Rule's like, nah, let's send Joey Sly. He has a big leg. Let's send him out here for a 67-yard field goal. Like, what <laughs> What was the thought process here? And I knew going into it, he was going to miss it. It was not even close. Like, I just don't understand how we could talk about we want to win these games. And we have we do stuff like that. Why are we sending our kicker to kick 65 and 67-yard field goals? I understand Teddy Bridgewater does not have the biggest arm. I know that, but we have people on the sideline that can. If we're getting down to the situation, I'm telling one of my players, I'm telling Will Greer or PJ Walker, whoever's active, yo, warm up. You're going to have to maybe throw this Hail Mary because Teddy Bridgewater obviously can't do it. Just warm up your arm. Make sure you're ready because you're going to have to throw a Hail Mary. Okay, boom. That's all I need you is for one play. Throw a Hail Mary. Give, give, give my guys a chance. Give my guys a chance to make a play. That's all I need you to do. Instead of doing that, we send our kicker out for 60-plus yard field goals. And not just 60-plus, not a 61, 62, 65, and 67. So 65-plus yard field goals, actually. It's it's ridiculous. It, and as a Panthers fan, it aggravates me because it's like you tell me you want to win and you're doing stuff like this. You're sending my kicker out to kick 67-yard field goals. Like, how am I supposed to believe that you're wanting to win these games but you're sending my kicker out to kick these long, ridiculous field goals. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. So, I just don't understand that. I don't understand, like, the hypocrisy there. Like, if, if you're trying to lose, just let me know you're trying to lose. I'm right with you. I don't want to get it. I want a top five draft pick. I was rooting. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a, I'm a true Panthers fan. I, I wanted us to lose that Washington game and get a top five draft pick. I would love to have uh, Zach Wilson as a quarterback. But, you know, that's a different a topic for another podcast. Um, so we get to the Tampa Bay game. We lose that atrociously. There's not really a lot to talk about. Um, like I said, we just got, we just called Tampa on a bad week, back to back times. Um, I mean, it, it also, it also going back to our rushing situation. Ronald Jones has, uh, 192 yards, but I think honestly, this game, he wasn't doing anything. I can't remember him going like absolutely insane like other than that long run yeah he had a 98 yard run you take that out what is that 192 minus 98 that's 94 yards and i don't think he had 23 carries i just don't think it was he was going crazy so our defense our run defense was starting to you know get a little bit better obviously 192 yards or 23 carries doesn't look great but a 98-yard carry, you take that off, that's only 92 yards. He didn't do that much. Um, he just had, you know, and that's going to happen. That's going to happen sometimes. You're going to have these plays that are just going to break out, and, you know, it is what it is. Um, overall, Teddy didn't play well. We kind of knew, we kind of expected that. DJ um, Moore had a great game. Uh, Robbie Anderson didn't do too much. Mike Curtis didn't do too much. Um, overall, just didn't, didn't didn't play that well. Our defense, um, I guess I should start talking about that a little bit more. 
but you know, Chris Godwin had six carry or six receptions, ninety two yards. Uh, Mike Evans six receptions, seventy seven yards. So they was it was doing solid. Um, Tom Brady had three hundred forty one yards, so it's not really that much you could have done about it. I mean, that seems uh, disgusting. We get to the Detroit game, and we finally Teddy Bridgewater's hurt. And we get a chance to see, we finally get a chance to see what P.J. Walker could bring to the table. Like I said in the offseason, uh, at the beginning of this, I liked P.J. Walker. I liked P.J. Walker. I watched the XFL um, before it got shut down. But I liked what I saw out of P.J. I, I like P.J. Walker a lot, actually. And we got to see him. And he played for, for him having his, for that being his first NFL start and playing the way he did. Is just great, honestly. It was refreshing. Um, he made a few dumb interceptions, um, which is gonna happen, especially for it to be his first NFL start. You know, he's gonna make a few bad plays, but overall, throughout the game, I don't know what his QBR was, but even with those two dumb interceptions, okay, he had a QBR of 24, which you know. I guess for QBR's sake, it was bad, a bad game. And I guess I, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to be skip and be a hypocrite and be like, well, QBR doesn't matter. Um, cause I've been going it off, off of it all judging off of that going off of QBR. Yes. He had a bad game, but as a Panthers fan and what I watch, what is the, what is my eyes? The eye test show me my eye test show me that <laughs> he didn't have a bad game. He made those two picks, but overall he was solid. He was solid, you know, He's having a solid game. So, um, you know, it is what it is. I think he played great. Um, obviously, we did. he did good enough to, sh- to shut out the Lions. The Lions was just bad all around. But he did. He had a great game. Um, even, even with the QBR says he had a 24.6. I personally, my eye test showed me that he had a great game. So, I think P.J. Walker, PJ Walker is a solid, solid player. I wish he would have uh, more opportunity, especially towards the end of the season, when we knew we weren't we didn't have a chance at the playoffs. Because after the Vikings, like after the next game, like we were out, so there was no shot for us to get in the playoffs. Speaking of the Vikings game, that's literally the next one. Uh, also, another chance to win the game. Dalvin Cook again. Also, another showing that our defense was starting to play better. Dalvin Cook. One of the better running backs of the league, you know. what I'm saying a lot of people might say he's the best running back of the league. Um, we, I would debate that. CMC when healthy, he's the best running back in the league. But overall, I mean, Kirk Cousins had a great game in the uh, in the air. I mean, he had what? Justin Jefferson had seven catches, seven yards for two touchdowns. So obviously, Justin Jefferson was doing his thing in the air. But Dalvin Cook, he couldn't do anything. Eight. 18 carries, 61 yards, 34 yards, 3 point yards or 3.4 yards per carry. I mean, for Dalvin Cook, that's not good for Dalvin Cook standards. So, overall, our run defense was getting better. I mean, I knew our secondary was suspect. Um, Troy Pride was just getting done in. You know, it is what it is. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater uh, was doing solid. I mean, he didn't really have the best game, not from what I can remember. But it's the, it's the same thing. It's the same thing every time. <laughs> Uh, we have a chance, and if you look at it, that's why honestly, uh, going into this, our team is is so solid because a lot of these games we have chances to. We literally have a chance, except for the Tampa Bay games. 
all these games are that that we've lost are are one are one score games, and that's why I think next year when we have the right pieces in place, we're gonna win a lot of these close games. We're gonna beat the Chicago's of the world. I feel like we can beat the Raiders of the world. Hell, if we had if we had better play calling, not even better play calling, if we had better game management in our in our QB position, and then dump the ball two times to our running back when we have no top not no timeouts left. Um, we beat some of the top teams. We can beat the Atlantis of the world. We can beat Minnesota. Like we have chances here. You know, we get the ball with 46 seconds left. Um, and we do what we have to do. Like, it's just, I don't know. I feel like Teddy Bridgewater is not going to win you those games at when you need him to. And that's just kind of my conclusion going into this or coming out of the season. I just don't think Teddy Bridgewater is that guy to win you those games. Um, but Joey Sly, it's a makeable field goal. 54 yards wide left. He was kind of, he was kind of getting on my nerves this year too. Uh, but for what it's worth, Teddy Bridgewater, as much as I say, he doesn't have the ice. Um, he did solid here. He got, he gave us a chance to win. Um, Joey Sly just has to make that field goal at the end of the day. Just that's what he's getting paid to do. We signed him to an extension. Hopefully, he can start making more of these. Because I remember the year before, he was making those 54-yard field goals. And I was like, maybe getting rid of Graham is, was the right idea. Or I think he was hurt, actually. So, I was like, yo, this this dude's actually solid. So, hopefully, next year, he starts making those field goals. He starts doing what he needs to do for the team. But, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not going to get on your head this time, sir. But... You know, because you finally, you know, did something right. But, uh, so, going to a bye week, then next week, or whatever. Then we played Denver. Um, Denver, I can't remember a lot of the Denver game. Uh, looking at this, Tay Bridgewater. Oh, yeah, Drew Locke, I remember Drew Locke was just having a day against our, our defense, honestly. Drew Locke was just was just having his way. Um, I mean, 280 yards, four touchdowns. <laughs> That's probably the best 20. He was 21 of 27 on pass attempts. This man only incompleted the ball six times. That's ridiculous. Um, 10 yards per 10 yards per throw. This man was getting a first down on every throw. Melvin Gordon. 13 carries, 68 yards. Again, our run defense is doing good, but goes back to our secondaries being sus- suspect. K- I remember KJ um, Hamler, I think that's his name, was having the, was having the game of his life. Um, was just doing, Drew Locke was just playing out of his mind. And we couldn't, at the end of the day, we couldn't um, combat that. Uh, excuse me. We scored 27 points, but we, I mean, we scored 17 in the fourth. Again, also having a chance to win the game. Uh, they punt the ball. Punt the ball with 58 seconds left. I mean, we have a chance. He gets sacked. I mean, let's see. Oh, we have more than 58 seconds. We had, 200, we had two minutes and 48 seconds left. And that's what I'm saying. Like, he's just not... Oh, is that this play? Oh, oh, okay. Okay, I remember this. This is another reason why Teddy, Teddy is just not the guy. 
And I'm gonna give a little context. I, like I said, I, I watch or I follow a lot of Panthers like fan pages that talk a lot about you know have the, the ins- that keep up with the Panthers a lot, a lot more than I do, honestly. But at the end of this game, or I think it might have been the, it might have been the next week, Matt Rule says, "Oh, so I'm not gonna talk about this." So we have it's a two minute warning, fourth down. It's fourth down. Um. I don't know what the yards is because it doesn't tell me it's play-by-play. Oh, it's 4th and 8. I'm looking at it. It's 4th and 8, right? We have a minute and 56 seconds left. This is to win the game. We need a touchdown to win. We get a, t- we win a, we get a touchdown, we win the game. Um, so, Teddy Bridgewater, on 4th and 8, <laughs> on 4th and 8, instead of tr- throwing it downfield to give our give us a chance. Like I said, we have a minute and 56 seconds left. I don't know how many timeouts we have, but a minute and 56 seconds is plenty of time to win a game. Keep in mind, we also scored 17 points in this quarter. So this quarter, even though Drew Locke was lighting us up this whole game, we still had a chance to win. We scored 17 points in a quarter, right? So this man, Teddy Bridgewater, right, decides to throw... A one-yard drag route pass to Curtis Samuel, and he gets tackled. He he gets has literally no chance of getting the first down, and the game's over with. Later, Matt Rule goes out and says, "I don't know why Teddy did that because we had plays going down the field, which obviously, of course, you did. Like no any anybody has a brain." knows that there was plays made to go down the field. Obviously, you didn't draw up plays to just go for short yardage passes when you have to win the game. Keep in mind, we have Joe Brady as our offensive coordinator. And if you watch any LSU in the 2019-2020 season, you know they're not. that's not their game plan. They're going to hit you with these crazy plays. They're going to go down the field. You know, it's going to be big, you know, big plays. So, can somebody please explain to me why Teddy decided to dump it off? For like, this is what I'm talking about with Teddy Bridgewater. It it just felt like he just didn't want to win games. He was just like, I'm not gonna be y'all quarterback of the future. So why do I why do I need to try? I'm not gonna try and help y'all win. That's literally how I felt watching him play. Like it felt like he just didn't care. He didn't he didn't want to be there. If you don't want to be there, just say that. If you wanna if you wanna cost us wins, just say that. Don't tell me like don't do stuff like that. Don't dump the ball off for one yard and be like and then tell me, yeah, it's on me, like, yeah, I was trying to win the game, that was the best light. Nah, F that. Like I don't wanna hear that. I don't wanna hear that that nonsense. Like you you clearly didn't want to win. Because if you did, you wouldn't have done that. As simple as that. You wouldn't have done that if you wanted to win the game. It's it's as simple as that. And you're going to tell me that that you did throwing the ball at one like this is what I'm talking about. And that's why it's comical at this point because he did it so often. It's like he didn't want to win games. And that's why I hope so much. I really really hope that we could we could draft the QB this year. I really, really do. Like I said, the draft episode is not going to be in this podcast. It's going to be in the next one. But I really do hope we have a chance to draft a Zach Wilson. And maybe even somebody else that I'll talk about in the in the um, next podcast. I want to leave that up. You know, it's going to be a little tease. 
but somebody because if that's a Zach Wilson back there or Justin Fields, somehow we get a way to get him or the other QB that I'm thinking of right now, they're not making that play. They're going to try to win the game. Like, and that's the problem with him. He doesn't want to win the game. It's ridiculous. And it's frustrating as a fan because if that's Cam Newton back there. Cam Newton makes these plays. We win in some of these games with Cam Newton. I'm sorry. Yes, Cam played. Maybe he, that's probably the worst Cam Newton I've ever seen ever against with the Patriots. But the Patriots also didn't have majority of their team, and he had nobody he was throwing to. Imagine if Cam had our weapons, right? Imagine if Cam had our people back there. Cam is is beating is beating Kansas City. I don't care. Cam is finding a way. Cam is finding a way to beat Chicago. Cam is finding a way to beat Las Vegas. Cam is finding a way to beat Minnesota. Cam is finding a way to beat Denver. He's finding a way to beat these teams. Okay, we don't beat all of them, but I promise you, we win a good. We win. We take some of those L's and turn into W's. I promise you. And that's what's frustrating because I know if we had a better QB back there, we win these games. I don't care that he's his his completion percentage is the highest in the NFL. Hell, if I'm throwing to the damn running back every every two seconds for, for five, six yards and dumping the ball off, I could have a great completion percentage uh, too. I need somebody that's going to be willing to take risk and make plays down the field. And Teddy Bridgewater doesn't do that. He doesn't do that at all. And towards the end of the season, maybe he started doing that. But at this moment, when it counted, he didn't. He didn't. It's like he doesn't care, man. And that's what it's so fr- it's so frustrating watching that. So frustrating. Going to the Green Bay game, I'm not going to lie to you. This is at this point, I was kind of over it with the season. So I didn't get to watch, uh, I didn't watch, uh, I just had it in the background kind of, I was kind of keeping up with it, but I think Alabama was playing in like the SEC championship or something like that. They was having a, uh, like an important game and I decided I'd rather watch that than, uh, than watching the, uh, what's it called? Than watching this, honestly. I think that's what it was. I think it was Alabama playing Florida and I was like, I'd rather watch that game than, than watch this, uh, this Packers game. So... Because, yeah, this is on a Saturday, I remember. But, um, what happened? Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater doing Teddy Bridgewater things. Aaron Jones having the game of his life. 20 carries, 145 yards. Same thing with our, our run D. Overall, like, I think our run D did get better, though. Even though, I, I mean, you see these games with Aaron Jones having 145 yards. Uh, I think our run defense was still decent, though. Like, I don't think it was that bad. I don't think it was as bad as it was last year. It's still suspect, but I don't think it was as bad as it was the year before. Um, but overall, like, on the defensive side, um, other than, you know, the rushing, Aaron Rodgers really wasn't doing too much on the, on on throwing the ball. Um, Devontae Adams, seven catches, 42 yards. He wasn't really doing too much. Um Lazard, he had five catches, 56 yards. I mean, which is, isn't crazy. Um, compared to what Devontae's been doing all year, it wasn't crazy numbers. Teddy Bridgewater obviously costing us again with that. We're reaching the ball over the, the goal line and fumbling. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, the man just does things. It's like, yo, like, what are you doing? And that's what's so frustrating about him. He just does things. It's like, what are you doing, Teddy? So, I just I just don't get it, man. I just don't understand what some his thought process is majority of the time. I I just really don't get it. 
So it's just it's just frustrating watching as a Panthers fan, like because I just know if you don't if he doesn't do stuff like that, we have chances to win these games. Like I said, also is this this game right here? It's an eight point game. Again, it's a one possession game, and I know a lot of the NFL. That's how it is. That's what uh, different different different. I'm not. That's what stands apart <laughs> from the good teams and the bad teams. Like if you look at Seattle last year, Seattle like won like seven games that were in like three points or less or some three points or less or something like that. Like that diff diff. I can't even say it. that separates the good teams and the bad teams. Like if you're going to be a good team, you got to win those close. You got to find a way to win those close games. And we just didn't. And that's why we were a top 10 pick this year. So it's kind of been a, a few days since the last time I've recorded uh, or been recording the podcast. Um, but back to kind of what I was saying. Um, and that's also another reason why I think Teddy Bridgewater is just not our future because uh, back to the Seattle statement, the reason that Seattle won a lot of those games last year is because they had Russell Wilson as their quarterback. He's going to make plays. He's going to, you know, officiate the offense. or not really, you know, just make, make the plays that he needed to win the games. And I feel like when Teddy Bridgewater, when it came down to making those plays that a winning quarterback would do, Teddy Bridgewater just didn't make those plays that we needed to win those games. Um, I mean, we could just talk about these even just the previous games that we went over with Chicago and um who else Atlanta or not Atlanta yeah Chicago Atlanta Kansas City um Minnesota or not Minnesota but Chicago Chicago Atlanta and Kansas City those games those are winnable games those are games that if you're that guy if you're supposed to be that guy you have to win those games um a lot of there was also some other games that um obviously like was on Joey Sly, but there should have been three or four games that we should have won if we had better quarterback play. Um, but after, I think it was after the, I think I just got done talking about the Denver game. Let me double check and make sure here. So a lot um, talked about the Denver and the Green Bay game. So I'm going to go on and talk about the Washington game. This game, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. But this game, I was kind of indifferent. Uh, I've been thinking a lot of the uh, last times that we played Washington and the results of those games. And uh, it was ugly, um, especially there when we played Washington and I felt like we were the better team. I'm um, just going back a few years. I think it was uh, that year we were like 6-2. and um, Then I think we lost to like... The Steelers, we got blown out by them, and then we played the Redskins, and then it was just bad. But it, there's been a lot of, like, bad games against the Redskins. Then this is the first time we played Ron Rivera as he's the new head coach, and they got some of our, you know, players on their side of the ball with Kyle Allen and all them other. Um, but going into this game, I'm not going to lie. I wanted us to lose. Uh, we had a top-five draft pick going into this game. I'm like, Carolina, I need y'all to lose this game. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you because I want Zach Wilson. I want a new quarterback. I'm over the Teddy Bridgewater era. I'm done with him. I'm sick of him. <laughs> but you know what? You know you know what happened that game? Dwayne Haskins was playing. <laughs> and don't even get me started. We'll talk about Dwayne Haskins a little bit later. But Dwayne Haskins was, was the QB of that game. 
Of course. Uh, if there's any other quarterback, I think we I think we lose. If Alex Smith is back there, I don't think we win that game because um, we didn't play great. Uh, if you look at the numbers, um, Teddy Bridgewater, let's just go to the box score, had a QBR 59 or 52, 197 yards and a, and a touchdown, 19 for 28. He wasn't playing great. Um, and I feel like if Taylor Heineke, I mean, you saw what he did in the, um, the playoffs. If Taylor Heineke, he's a former player. He's a former Panther. So we know how good he was. Um, he played great against, I forgot what team he what he came in for us. He played great until he got hurt. And towards the back end, when, when Dwayne Haskins got benched, Taylor Heineke, he has uh, 12 for 19, 137 yards, <laughs> and one touchdown. And a QBR of 48. But if he plays that whole game, he beats us. I strongly believe that. If Dwayne, if Taylor Heineke is playing that whole game, I think we lose to the Redskins. I'm not even going to lie to you guys. Um, this, is a, this is a fun uh, factor thing here. This man, Dwayne Haskins, uh, was uh, 14 for 28, 154 yards, two interceptions, had a QBR of four. I mean, this guy is just awful. I'm sorry. He's just not, he's just not good. I mean, or whatever he has going on, you know, that's going to be decided for another day. But, yeah, talking about this game, uh, I didn't get to watch. I, I missed a good majority of it. Well, not a good majority. I missed a little bit of the first first quarter. But uh, overall, there's not really anything crazy to talk about other than I hope we keep Curtis Samuel. This is literally the game that I I need. Like, this is the Curtis Samuel, please stay in Carolina game. Um, I know it's going to be tough to keep him and Taylor. Those two guys, I'll talk about a little bit more towards the end of the podcast. Uh, those two guys played uh, Taylor Morton and Curtis Samuel played their butts off this year. Hopefully we can find a way to keep both of them. But I think Curtis Samuel is going to go back chasing this year, which I think he rightly deserves. Um, you know, I know how off our deadly our offense would be, especially if Joe Brady stays for another year. We, we figure out a way to get a, another quarterback. And, um, if we can figure out a way to keep Curtis and Taylor, I mean, we're just going to be, we're going to be dangerous next year. Uh, especially if Drew retires, um, Tom is obviously going to stay there probably, you know, but, Drew retires, you know, so there's, there's the South is going to be looking good for us in the coming future, but overall our defense played great. I love uh, everything about how we played this, um, on defense, got us a few picks. Uh, I'm trying to see who got us a pick or who got a pick. Yeah. So here Whitehead and Trey got a pick. So our defense was playing great, but <laughs> I mean, I strongly believe if, if Taylor Heineke was, was going to, was playing all game, uh, I think we would have lost that game. Um, but overall, you know, everybody played well. Teddy did decent, I guess. I mean, he played average. It was a 52.9 QBR. So, I mean, it wasn't great. It wasn't amazing. Um, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like, oh, my goodness, he's blowing my mind. Uh, Curtis Samuel, he was doing his thing. Shout out to Curtis. Really a dog. I uh, love everything about him. Like I said, hopefully we can keep him. Um, so, I'm going to try to speed fast past this last game. Um it's just we played the Saints. Uh, we kind of everybody kind of knew the results going into this game. It's really not that much to talk about. Teddy Bridgewater doing Teddy Bridgewater things, playing trash. Um, we lost thirty three to seven. None too crazy. Um, I kind of like I said, I kind of expected it. The only good thing is that we keep a top ten pick. Curtis Samuel again doing Curtis Samuel things. Uh, let's see, he goes seven catches for one hundred eighteen yards. The dude is just a monster. He's just a freak athlete. Um, Love everything about the guy. We got to see a little bit of P.J. Walker action. Nothing too crazy. 
man had three picks. I mean, you know, but uh, <laughs> Curtis Samuel did his thing. DJ Moore did his thing. Um, like I said, well, hopefully we could see DJ and Curtis and Robbie for a long time in Carolina, but I highly doubt that's going to happen, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but moving on towards the end, because I know we're, we're running a little bit long here, about an hour and 10 or hour, and 18 minutes. So nothing too crazy, but I'm just going to go ahead and talk about, you know, a few of the things that, you know, we've got what's happened in this off season so far and what I think, just talk about what I think uh, this year and we'll go from offense, defense and special teams. And I'm going to go ahead and start with, with offense. Offense, I think, for what it was, offense, our offense wouldn't, I don't think it was as bad as, you know, probably people would make it out to be. If we can go to our team stats, uh, let's see. Let me go to the team stats. Let me go to the team stat here. Um, 4,000 passing yards. Let me, let me go to the. Let me go to um, team stats. So we were 22 in total offense um, this year, averaging about, we had 5,000, um, 5,492 total yards, a um, little under 4,000 passing, uh, about 350 yards per game. Rushing, we had about 1,704 yards. Uh, what were we in rushing? Yeah, so we were towards the bottom in rushing. Um, Baltimore had 3,000. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, let's see. Yeah, we were towards the bottom in rushing. So, overall, we were a pretty below average offense. Um, but over, in my opinion, I don't think we were as bad as the stats and on paper, it would say. Um, I know we were towards the bottom in pretty much every category. I think I looked at it earlier on, like, Instagram or one of those um, Carolina pan, uh, fan pages. But... Overall, I don't think we were a bad offensive team. Like I said, like we could have won a lot of those games if we had better QB play. Um, you know, and like I said before, that kind of uh, separates the good teams and the bad teams from, you know, good quarterback. That's why everybody needs a great quarterback. And that's why it's so hard. That's one of the that's the biggest position in football. And it's so hard to get one. You see a lot of these teams. Um, that's been struggling to find that guy. I mean, with the Dolphins, I know they just got Tua, but it took forever for them to finally think they found a guy to replace Dan Marino. So it takes a long time to get these franchise guys that's going to win you games. And that really separates the good and the bad teams, in my opinion. If you see a lot of these, these teams are in the playoff. All of them arguably have good quarterback play. You can say some teams like the Bears and sometimes the Browns, and you know the Colts, but the the great playoff teams like the Buccaneers this year, I would say, and then you got the Ravens with Lamar, what he's got going on. Obviously, Kansas City, New Orleans, um, Buffalo. You see what Josh Allen's doing this year. Those teams all 
connect. They have good quarterback play. So that's the that's the thing. If we had that, I feel like we win a lot of these games and our offensive stats go up. Um, but I, I love, like I said, I love the Joe Brady hire. I know what he can do, and hopefully he stays with us. I mean, who knows? He just got these these job interviews. And um, like I've been telling a lot of my friends, like obviously, like a lot of people come in this league, uh, especially the coaches, they want to be NFL coaches at one point. Either they've either been NFL coaches or they're trying to be an NFL coach or NFL head coach. Sorry. But I guess I'm pretty sure Joe Brady wants to be a head coach. And, you know, the bias in me wants him to stay. But I would understand if he left Um, because I don't think we got a really I don't think we really got a true good potential of what our offense would be. So hopefully he stays. Hopefully we can keep Curtis, but overall it's just on the offensive side. I I loved our offense. I know I see the potential. I know what we can do. We keep our core three. We get a Christian Christian McCaffrey back. Maybe we can find a way to keep Taylor Morton. Um, we get a better QB. Um, and we figure out we can get this thing. We can get this thing rolling, man. I can see us getting you mean being a, a low wild card seed next year. I'm not saying we're gonna win 13, 14 games, but I can definitely see us winning nine, eight, nine games, and maybe you know filling in a last wild card spot because our team is that good, in my opinion. So overall, I'm gonna give our offensive letter grade a C plus because. At the end of the day, we were a below average team, and on the offensive side, the stats show for itself. But I, I give, that's why I'm giving that plus because I see the potential. I see the potential with our offense, and I know what we can do because I know how good we were. We didn't have four thousand. We didn't have not four thousand. We didn't have people, uh, four players with over a thousand scrimmage yards for if we were a bad offense. That just doesn't happen if you're a bad offensive team. I'm sorry, that just doesn't happen. So we get better quarterback play. I think you would see our offense jump into the next level. Um, talking about the defense, our defense improved. Um, towards the beginning of the season, I was like, our defense is suspect, especially against the run. And and overall, it was still kind of bad against the run. Um, I'm not for sure exactly where we ranked. Um so we weren't towards the it was closer to the middle than than the bottom, which is great because last year I think we was like 30th or 31st in rush, run defense. So that's an improvement. So I'm glad that uh we we improved on the offense or on the defensive end of the ball. So that's great and I think it just took us we had a lot of rookies. We had seven rookies playing like getting decent minutes. So obviously we're not going to be, you know, great our defense weren't going to be amazing. I think we're the youngest. We had the youngest defensive team or the youngest team in the league or something like that. We we have a bunch of young players playing, a bunch of new pieces. But towards the beginning of the season, we were suspect. I was like, oh, my goodness, same old, you know, same old Carolina Panthers from last year. Can't can't stop the run and save their lives. But now towards the end of the season, um, we were still kind of bad on the run, on the run game. But I could see the improvements. I see Derrick Brown, Gross Matos doing their thing. Jeremy Chin, I will – I love everything about Jeremy Chin. I hope he doesn't get robbed for defensive uh, rookie of the year, but he it probably is going to go to Chase Young. Um, but that guy is a monster, and I think he's going to be a Panther for a long time. I love everything about his game, um, and especially when he becomes that safety. I think he's going to get trans over to sa- transitions over to safety next year. So I can't wait to see that transition. But I love our defense. Um, 
I don't love it enough to give it an A plus because it wasn't obviously it wasn't an A plus defense, but like the same thing with our offense, man. It was a it, I see the potential. Uh, these guys are starting to grow up before our eyes, and they're going to be great. Brian Burns, he just gets better and better every year, and I think it's going to be the same thing with with Derrick Brown and Gross Matos and Shaq Thompson. I love everything about his game. Dante Jackson, again, he just gets better and better every year. We find another solid corner, go back there, um, and another safety. Justin Burris actually didn't play that bad. I was a lot of plays that I was like, yo, Justin's doing his thing. I still think we need to find another good safety um, and another solid corner. But I love, I love, I see the potential, man. So I'm going to have to give the same grade as the offense and give it a C plus because, again, we were a, a little, a little bit below average defense compared to the rest of the league but we have a lot of potential and we were making we our young guys are going to step up next year they're going to keep improving every year and i see that in their future and i'm excited to see our defense in the future our special teams our punter was great joseph carlton i think that's his name he was uh he was a great punter um he did he did his thing i don't know a lot to talk about with the punts I liked how we would go. We would be risky with a lot of our, like, some of our fourth down plays towards the middle of the season. I know we used to do uh, do these little fake fake uh, punts or whatever. But I'm just going to kind of breeze through the special teams. Joseph Sly, or not Joseph Sly, but Joey Sly has one more year. Obviously, we only signed him to a one-year uh, extension. But he this is his prove-it year because last year was not it. Was not it at all. There was a lot of games. I wouldn't say he was just as bad as Teddy Bridgewater, but it was a lot of games. Just like with Teddy, he could have won us some games. So, Joey Sly, you have you have this year, this year to prove it. And if you don't, you're gonna be you're done. So, Teddy Bridgewater, or not Teddy Bridgewater, but Joey, he has to get better this year um, because we're used to consistency. Graham Cano kind of started falling off, but he was pretty consistent when he was a uh, Panther. So we need we need that. We're we're expecting consistency. That's what you get paid to do. So I need you to be more consistent next year. Joe, Joseph, a rookie, one of the best, better punters in the league. Um, he was a great, great punter. It was a lot of times he was keeping uh, keeping people behind the uh, twenty yard line. So I think he won a, a special teams player of the week. I think one time or it might have been the month. I don't remember. But you know, just to keep doing your thing, Joey. This is a proving year for you, man. But kind of going towards the end of this uh, first episode, I hope you guys, first of all, have been enjoying so far. And if you can, I think this is going to be on all audio platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever you get podcasts from. I'm going to hopefully try to, you know, uh, put it on all those platforms. There will also be a not a video for this podcast, but for next podcast, there's going to be a video. I'm going to have uh, my face cam set up. So you guys can see my beautiful face and I'm going to have it recording my computer because I'm going to do a mock draft with the uh, with while I'm talking about what I think, why we should pick this guy. Um, and it's, I think it'll be a, a fun and interesting episode. But you guys need to go ahead, subscribe to this podcast and, you know, give it uh, give it five stars on Apple podcast. You know, leave a comment down below. What do you want to talk about or what I should talk about? And I'm going to get back to I'm talk about this last thing, uh, talking a little bit about the Sean Watson situation and Joe Brady and how I feel about Dwayne Haskins. Um, first of all, with Joe Brady, like I said, I kind of touched on it a little bit, but Joe, 
Hopefully he stays here, man. Like I said, I see the potential in our offense, and I saw what he did at LSU. Like I said earlier, I'm an Alabama fan, so I experienced it all year. I saw what he did at LSU. I know how good his offensive scheme could be, and I and I and with our weapons and better QB play, our team is going to be so good. Especially if he's if he's with us just for a few years, man, just for you know five or six years, maybe you know maybe even four, like just for a little bit. And we can really terrorize the NFC South, man. We really could with our weapons, with our with our players. We could really do great things. So hopefully he stays in Carolina. I'm praying he does. But if he doesn't, he takes a head coach go- job. I want to say thank you for, you know, obviously that one season that we have. Obviously, we couldn't really see the true potential. But we saw the plays and we saw what we were trying to cook up. And I know he would be a great head coach wherever he goes, whether that be the Jets, Texans, Falcons, whatever. Um, but thank you. Even if you stay, if you don't, I just want to say thank you for everything you did give to Carolina for that one year. Um, talking a little bit about the Deshaun Watson situation. I would love to have Deshaun. I like Deshaun and Clemson. Um, I think Deshaun is a great player. I don't know how much we would have to give up. If we have to give up a first round, maybe even two first rounds, I think it's worth it. If it's worth two, giving up two first rounds, maybe even throwing in a, a Curtis Samuel, or not Curtis Samuel because he's on a contract, but I don't know. Maybe, obviously, we have to give a young guy, maybe like a Robbie Anderson, maybe even a DJ Moore. I don't know what we have to give up, but we're going to have to give up some young piece and um, somebody like that that would be good enough to be able to trade with. But I love Deshaun. I think... I don't know if it, if they ask for DJ Moore how much worth it it would be, but Deshaun is is an excellent football player, and I know if he was in Carolina he would do great things with him and Joe Brady. So maybe I don't know I don't know too much about I don't know what's going to happen with that situation. I heard that Miami was trying to was trying to do something with him and Tua. Who knows Who knows what's going to happen there? But hopefully, maybe maybe somehow some way he can be a a, a Panther. That would be great to see him. And some uh, some some blue and black, but who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen in that situation? And lastly, the whole Dwayne Haskins situation. I have no idea what's going on there. Uh, hopefully, he's just a practice squad member because this man had a QBR four when we played him. He just. Um, I watched a video. A shout out to Flimlo Raps. Go check them. Go check him out if you if you've never watched this video, but you probably you probably have. And I was watching his video, just him talking about you know, Dwayne Haskins and everything he's done. And he's just lost. He just lost that competitive drive. And maybe him coming to Carolina would give him that competitive drive. But I, I'm sorry, but until he, he cannot, he needs to prove it on a team that's not Carolina. If he goes somewhere else and does his thing, then yes, maybe like a Cam Newton situation, how he was at New England for one year on a prove it situation. And obviously things didn't work out the way I thought it was going to, but he needs to do that with not our team. I don't want to see him in Carolina. I know we're going to have this meeting with him on Monday. Hopefully he does. He bombs that interview, whatever, because I don't want him in our facility. I'm sorry. He's just not the guy, Teddy, him or Ted. I'd rather have another five years of Teddy Bridgewater than I would have a single snap with Dwayne Haskins. I'm sorry, but Dwayne Haskins is just not the wave. And hopefully he, he we're just enter, entertaining him. Uh, like I, I've heard other people say he's going to have other offers. So hopefully he takes one of the mother offers and not a Panther. Hopefully we, I don't know what we're trying to do there, but 
I don't want to see him in in Carolina. I'm sorry, I just can't. I can't have that there. But uh, overall, that's been it. Like I said, guys, um, hopefully you guys enjoyed the podcast. I know it's been a long one. We're at uh, about an hour and a half now. Uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Episode two will be coming soon. I don't have an exact date, um, but I'm kind of you know I'll be kind of busy and stuff like that. But hopefully I can record episode number two here soon. And I hope you guys enjoyed, man. Give you guys a, a, a subscribe to the channel or subscribe to the podcast. Uh, leave a five star on Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you guys tell your friends about it. You know, if there's anything I can improve, um, you can let me know. Hit me up. Uh, I think my Twitter will be in the description of the podcast. So you guys can hit me up. Let me know if you if you got any topics or anything like that. But it's my first ever podcast, so hopefully I did well. And like I said, the draft episode will be coming next podcast. So I hope you guys get ready for that. I hope you guys get prepared for that. And um, yeah, man, this is uh, this this been Devon's, and I hope you guys enjoyed. But I will see y'all next time. Peace. <laughs>